Everyman Podcast. Every man. Every man. Every man, every way, every day. Another week, another pod. Daryl Campbell Jr., how are you, my brother? Man, I'm doing great, man. You know, I'm just, um, I'm sitting here, I just down some freedom do. Freedom. The freedom, <laughs> the freedom do. Um, shout out to the good people at the PepsiCo for unleashing um, a 50 states inspired freedom blend of Mountain oh, yeah, Dew. Uh, you can currently find it at at Walmart and wherever Mountain Dew is sold. It is inspired by ingredients and flavors from all 50 states yeah. in one delicious bottle. It's just American. That's just what it is. It is. It's the American substance that everyone should be taking into their person. And as, as we sit here and record this, it's... Um, this is before 4th of July. Uh, you will be hearing this after 4th of July. Uh, so we hope that everyone had a safe and wonderful 4th of July. No yep. no uh, explosive firework accidents. Yep. Uh, no undercooked hamburgers or yep. overcooked hamburgers. No mortar damage. Nothing. No no, no small motor skills or yep. uh, anything like that. Any, any permanent damage was done to you or your loved ones. Yep. And we hope you guys all had a great and wonderful time. Um, this week we have an interview with a uh, awesome, awesome dude and every man uh, to the core, Mr. Mike Gowan Jr., professional musician uh, based out of Brooklyn, New York, mm-hmm. and uh, just just an incredible dude. What did you think about our conversation with Mike? You know what? And we we talk about this, brother Jay, and it's uh, it's the reason why. We, we even have this uh, Everyman podcast. This is It's all about positivity. It's all about being genuine uh, to the core. Um, and it's all about people just um, really raising the bar um, for everyone else, being champions in their own right to b- bring people on. I mean, I know you guys had a, a great moment there where he, he shared with me about him championing, being, being a champion for you. And in, uh, in, in a time of uh, in time of need, and I think that's what it's all about. You know what I mean? It's 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 all about being that 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 special someone um, for your bros, for your family, for your children, um, to just lead them down the right path. And staying on the right path is 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 what we're about here on the Everyman. So I, I just think that he's a, he's a fantastic dude. Has great energy, a great spirit. Uh, we talk about the light and the cosmic canoe. We're connected, <laughs> so um, and I didn't it, even know it. We didn't even know. It, yeah, like, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's always it's always amazing when when we when we have these these moments where uh, true true moment of cosmic canoe where it turns out uh, you know your guest and and a former everyman guest uh, have something in common and there's a connection there. So it, it just goes to show that you know we're all in this together and mm-hmm. we, we say that a lot. You know, and it may not seem like it at the time, and, and we're all kind of, you know, in our in our little bubbles, uh, whether it be professionally or socially or culturally. Um, but we're all sharing this space together. You know, the the digital space uh, where you're accessing us now, and also the physical. So mm-hmm. uh, it's important to continue to shine that light on uh, on everyone that you meet, because you you never know how that's going to come back around to you. Absolutely. And I think the thing that most struck me about Mike uh, in this conversation is his attitude towards the ups and downs of <sighs> of of life. And Bro. he's he, you can hear in his voice that he's he's a guy who's been through uh, he's been through a lot and he's had a lot of success and he's had some failures just like me and just like you. And um, 
he's mastered the art of uh, finding a way to get himself out of it every time. Such and, resilient. And man. also to to reinvent himself a few different times. And as you hear now, what he's working on uh, with his career aspirations now as a musician, and how uh, he's kind of been on a journey from a side man working for other people to now he's getting his own his own thing out there and uh, and being a leader. And and I can't I just can't um, I can't express enough how important it is to understand that the path that you're on is apps. I guarantee you, if there's one thing I can promise you, it's that your path is going to have some obstacles in the way. And when you wrap your head around that and you understand that, Hey, I'm about to do something that's fucking difficult here. And there's going to be some parts of it that are, that are exceptionally hard. When you, when you own that going into it, I find it helps me get through it. Absolutely. And when you hear somebody like Mike uh, talk about that, um, it really just drives that home. So um, without further ado, um, let's kick it to our interview with Mr. Mike Gowan Jr. Let's get it. Joining us today on the Everyman Podcast is one of the most talented and all-around everyman I know, professional musician Mike Gowan. Mike is not only one of the most soulful and dynamic guitarists I've had the pleasure to play with, but he's also a great athlete. Mike was a varsity letter winner at East Stroudsburg University as a defensive back where he helped lead the team to a 2005 Division II semifinal berth. And today, Mike spends his time in Brooklyn working as a professional musician and personal trainer and has worked with some amazing people in both areas. Ladies and gentlemen, one of my favorite people to be stuck in the back of a passenger van for 15 hours with, Mike Gowan. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, man, Appreciate it's a pleasure. It. It's, a, it's an absolute yeah. pleasure. And like I said, um, that was quite the introduction. Dude. Well, you know, you're you're quite the man, so it's <laughs> yeah. the least I can do. And yeah. um, quick little background to my to my uh, knowledge of Mike. Uh, I pre- was was hired as a uh, as a drummer for a uh, wonderful group called called Militia Vox uh, out of Manhattan a few years ago, <clears throat> and uh, somebody I met through my networking, going out to Nam every year. And uh, I was blessed to inherit Mike as the uh, as the axe man in that band, and uh, we we got to spend some time doing some rehearsals in New York, and uh, ultimately we did a few few gigs together. Uh, we spent a lot of time in the car and all over the place, and put ourselves in some uh, some interesting situations. So we had quite the bonding experience, <laughs> and and he's a he's a great uh, example of a of a, a strong professional musician, um, and and how to how to do what you. Uh, you know, get after your dreams uh, in in any way possible. So that's why we had you on the show. Um, so first, tell us a little bit about yourself, Mike. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, go back into into college and all that, or just current day. Yeah. Like- so where'd you? Where, yeah, we'll start. Where 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 did you grow up? Uh yeah. So I'm from the Philadelphia area, uh, Westchester, Pennsylvania. And At the time when I was growing up, it was definitely more suburban and and uh, rural than it is now you know it's been pretty developed up now but tipping cows um, that kind of stuff <laughs> nice i never got into <laughs> to actually tipping cows but we you know drove drove past a few here and there and <laughs> play, play with the idea yeah you, know, you consider never, never got into consider the thought that's good so yeah. so growing up in uh in westchester i know i'm familiar with that area i know it's i know it's uh it's a college town and there's a you know a lot of open open area up there so i guess you you kind of did you did you fall in love with guitar early or was it football first that got you interested? Yeah, man. So like um 
I'll say my, my first musical experience, I started on piano. So I started playing piano at seven, you know, sort of typical uh, parents getting you into it sort of thing, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, doing doing lessons and all that. Um, and it never really, you know, I was kind of, I guess, being a musician, you sort of approach music differently. You know, when you hear things, it, it kind of hits you a different way than maybe the normal person. Um but I never really expanded on that. You know, I can remember hearing uh, hearing my teacher, like I'd get there early and I could hear her playing jazz and blues on the piano and really being into that, you know, like not really understanding why yeah, or uh, <clears throat> why it was cool or why it was hitting me or whatever. But um, just kind of, you know, feeling music without being like too hippie, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I was, I was just uh-huh. having that kind of, that conversation with my dad actually is that I, I feel like musicians are always, it's, it's like, it's a gift and a curse in a sense that you don't really understand why, but you're, you're hearing music on a certain level that you, at a, at a certain point you realize not everybody's listening to it the way you are. And it, it can almost become distracting from everyday life. I know it was for me when I was young and in school because I'm thinking about, you know, the rhythm of the teacher flipping through the book or, you know, you, you hear these, you catch these little sounds or, you know, you start analyzing music in the background of what, you know, your, your day as you're going. And, um, it, it, like you said, it's, you don't really know why it's touching you at that level, but it's, it's, you're onto something. So when did you, it's like, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty vivid memory as well. You know, I don't remember a whole lot from my childhood. I mean, some people can remember everything. I'm not one of those. Well, folks have had a lot of concussions too, so we'll get, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, you know, I do remember that. You know, I think I think the, the instances that are most impactful in your development, I guess, as a person, you tend to remember. I can remember it down to the smells of the room and all that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly what was going on. Um, whereas other, you know, lessons or times, not so much. But I remember my, that was really my first introduction to music in a way that. Um, it wasn't just enjoyment, you know, it was more, it was kind of like, like hitting me to my core Absolutely. without sounding, without sounding too, uh, I know exactly what you mean. I've yeah. had that same experience. Sure. So when yeah. did you first get a guitar in your hands? I didn't start playing guitar until I was 16. So much later. Wow. So I started on piano when I was seven. Um, kind of went through that until, I don't know, maybe like fourth or fifth grade, whatever. And then put it down, stop playing music altogether. Um, until I started playing guitar, essentially, at 16. So <clears throat> music was always sort of uh, a big part. I think another thing that was sort of influencing me at a younger age is uh, skateboarding. So like a lot of skate videos, they had it was like my first introduction to audio and cinematography sort of being synergistically linked, you know, yeah. in a way that was different from like watching a movie, you know what I mean? It was more like, it was less commercial and more like, you know, you're seeing the skate, skate part with Iron Maiden playing in the background mm-hmm. or whatever, you know what I mean? <clears throat> um, and, uh, the way that those videos are, are the cinematography is put together and everything. So, you know, it's really back then, at least it was like really lo-fi. And uh, gave a certain edge was, to it too. You know? Yeah, it was more and more. Uh, I hate to say more like artistically inclined. You know, well, but, you felt like when you watch that kind of stuff, you feel like they're trying to express something as opposed to trying to capture 
video of a skateboard. You know, they were like, right. they were telling yeah, a little bit more sure. of a story. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because a lot of people I know were <clears throat> influenced by skateboarding videos and stuff like that, whether it was like the CKY tapes yeah. or, you know, any, any yeah. of that stuff. But, it, I mean, I, I wasn't a skater, but I always thought that stuff was cool, like you said, because it would hear like crazy punk music or metal. Like that was like, I, I would always hear yeah. some weird like Norwegian band on there, you know. <laughs> And um, <laughs> yeah, and you're like, yeah. oh yeah, this is sick, you know, like this is no, what I need. Truth. Yeah, like with the synths and all that shit. Yeah, just like it was stuff I had never heard before. Yep. You know, um, you know, it was like that was really my first introduction to rock music and Jimi Hendrix and all that cool shit. Was from know? was from skate videos. Um, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah, man. Um, you know, like there's some. I remember like a couple of uh, commercials as well. This is before I even started playing guitar. There was like a Voodoo Child uh, background music for a commercial. I don't even remember what the commercial was. Um, just like that intro riff with the wah and yep. all that. And, it was like, um, and then there was something for Crazy Train was used on some car commercial or something, you know. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but those are really like the two big songs I can remember as a kid, just like really digging it, not knowing why, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I don't give a shit about the car, you know? <laughs> you just, you just into that. Yeah. That Dodge commercial, yeah. that Dodge dart looks no sick. No idea. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's that crazy train. Know it was a guitar, you know? Right. I didn't even really know what the music was. I just knew that, uh, it had your know, attention. It just, yeah, it hit me in that way, you know? Um, and then, you know, playing football and all that stuff. I think Metallica is blasting in every, high school weight <laughs> weight room you know what i mean for football yeah. i think that. i think it's amazing that you know metallica is good enough to be played millions of times at every uh you know football from peewee to the super bowl but yet they can't yeah. they can't hire them to do the halftime show <laughs> Fuck. Uh, yeah. you know uh, it's like you know, I get it. I get it. But yeah. it's like you tell me you you all you people don't want to hear Enter Sandman right now because oh you know gosh, like yeah. I mean I, it's I think that's inevitable. Um, yeah, so I would love to see it, man. When uh, everybody would love to 90s. see it. Yeah, short everybody. hair, short hair phase. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny now. That's not so bad. Now looking back, nah, nah, the short hair phase didn't seem so bad, but like early two thousands, nah. it was still like very. Yeah, it was like what? What are you doing? <laughs> very, it was very treacherous, treacherous times there for for Metallica fans. Yeah. So when did you start like uh, playing football? Did you start at Pee Wee level or middle school? Nah, so my, uh, you know, I, the first sport I actually started on was soccer. It was like pretty big in the Philly area. Um, I didn't start playing. My dad played football. And he was uh, the captain of his college team as well. He, he played for Westchester. And he started young. And he, you know, he got some injuries young that kind of, like, stuck with him for yeah. his whole life, you know. Um, and he was, you know, he's an old school dude, Irish dude. And he was like, you know, you're not allowed to play until, uh, you know, you hit puberty or whatever. You got hair on your arms. You can defend yourself a little bit. You yeah. know, <laughs> not getting smashed under the pile. Yeah. So he wouldn't let me play until... Uh, seventh grade i think i started so i started kind of late you know for most people they're yeah. starting peewee pound ball or whatever but i never i never played any of it um now daryl when did you start i started in high school sophomore yeah. year of high school so like for me yeah it's the same thing but i i only reason i started is because I, I hate bullies so there was a guy on the football field that was bullying somebody else and i didn't have pads on he had pads on i laid him out and the uh, varsity football coach said hey you know what um 
you did pretty good there. You want to <laughs> do this all the time? And I was like, let's get a, let's get a jersey on you. <laughs> what do I got to do? Yeah. Hit the dude with the ball, and that's it. And I was like, really? All right, so are you telling me? <laughs> yeah, defense is easy, right? You oh, my you, gosh. Make sure dude, nobody gets fast. You just get an understanding. That's it. Hey, he has the ball. Yeah. You lay him out. That's it. Yeah. It's you, real simple. You're practic- <laughs> you you and Bobby Boucher almost have the same origin story. Hey, you know what? Gatorade <laughs> sucks. Water's better. <laughs> there you go. Oh man, so it couldn't be truer in this day. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like sugar, sugar, and salt. <laughs> most people aren't. Most people aren't exercising even close enough to be drinking Gatorade. Oh uh, yeah. 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 You exactly. got you got to burn first before you're uh, fueling up on those yeah. carbs. I got to get my electrolytes yeah. in while I'm texting on the <laughs> leg press machine. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So what, what was your what was your first experience on the football field? Like, did you feel did you feel like you were out of place? Did you feel like this was something that you really wanted to do? Like, we were your first your first go at it. Yeah, no, I I, always, I really wanted to do it. I was always into it. I was always watching it. You know, when, once I was old enough to kind of understand. Yeah. You know, um, I was always pretty athletic. You know, I was a fast kid playing soccer and stuff. Kind of learned learned to run and all that. Um, there's a lot of running, obviously, in soccer. Um. What position did you play? But yeah, in soccer? man, you know, uh, I was a midfielder, midfielder, and then I played like for striker and that sort of stuff. So, um, so you're always covering ground. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, you know, growing up too is, you know, it's like, you know, it's I, I want don't want to like sound old here, but <laughs> before uh, before technology kind of took over everything, you're outside running around all the time. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yep, you know what absolutely. I mean. Absolutely. Um, and it really wasn't that that long ago. But it seems like it, it does when you when you think about it, you know, how how much has changed uh, in just like 15 years, you know, uh, it's, a, yeah. it's a whole different it's a whole different world. So you really yeah. wanted you really knew that you wanted to play football. So did you like I guess early on, did you think yeah, like, I'm going to I'm going to dedicate myself to this and see how far I can go? Um, You know, so I started in grade school and it was more like. You know, all my friends were playing. I was into it, and I was pretty good. Played tailback and all that. You know, um, I always uh, was pretty aggressive. Like I said, <laughs> you know, like my yeah. first year playing, I separated my shoulder. I like nailed this dude that was a lot bigger than me, and uh, didn't fare well for me. He just he just went down. And I was I stayed down. <laughs> you know, you, you, you have to I, learn I your limits. Small, then. you know, like yeah, I was like really light. Doing those tackling drills, you know the tackle. You know, when yep. you're starting out, they like you just run into each other. That's it. <laughs> There's no rhyme or um, reason to it. <laughs> yeah, it really. Yeah, it's like for whatever reason, the coach wants to see who's gonna run into the other dude harder. You know. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks, man. Um, yeah. Thanks for all so, those extra impacts. Yeah. 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 My shoulder still hurts from that. But. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I mean, I think I was naturally pretty good at it just from being, just having some athleticism and having that sort of mentality, you know, I guess. Did you, um, when did you key in on, on, uh, focusing on like defensive backfield? Was that high school? So, yeah, that was more high school. I mean, I played DB in, uh, in grade school too, but, you know, not really throwing the ball a lot in, uh, yeah. in pound ball or in grade school. It was more like whoever the running back was was like the stud on the team. You send it off to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in high school, you know, you kind of get placed more. Coaches place you where they need you or whatever. Um, I actually transferred high schools. I don't know if I'll tell you that. But mm. I started at this place called uh, 
Shanahan, Bishop Shanahan. Okay. It's in Downingtown, Pennsylvania, out towards Coatesville. Yeah. Um, and uh, they had a decent freshman year, it was like on the freshman team or whatever. And then the sophomore year, I just kind of got buried on the depth chart. They brought in some kids that were younger than me uh, and put them ahead of me. So I kind of saw the writing on the wall there and was like, one, it wasn't really the best school for football. Two, there was sort of what seemed to be kind of like political relationships happening. Like they knew the kids, you know, friends with the parents or whatever. So mm. I, I imagine that's a big, a big issue. And when you start getting yeah, competitive, I mean, you know, when because you're, you know, you're looking at like potential scholarships. Like and, it's not, it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously a big part of it. I mean, the kids are good. They're definitely athletic, good players. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'm not going to blame it on political relationships and stuff. I think there was undeniably a little bit of that. But at the same time, too, you know, it's got to be got to be the best person to get the, get right. the job. You right. know, absolutely. Um, I think the greater factor was I just wasn't really happy with, like, the coaching and the system there, and the teams that they had been playing. It was, like, relatively small. Mm-hmm in terms of like uh, a competition and all that. So I actually transferred my sophomore year of high school to Cardinal O'Hare in Philly, which was like Philadelphia Catholic League. Um, it's pretty big. Like, the, you know, St. Joe's Prep is in the Catholic League. They're like nationally ranked every year and all that. Um, that was actually where my dad played at as well. And my sister went to school there. I was like the first person in the family to go to a different high school. Um, so I made the switch to go there. I didn't know anybody. Uh, I think I had like maybe one friend, you know, starting out or whatever. And, uh, just kind of worked my way up and then got starting position my junior year. So I missed, uh, I played my sophomore year at Shanahan, I transferred to O'Hara. Uh, and then obviously went through all the workouts and stuff in the spring, summer, and then got a starting spot my junior year. Nice. Um, and I had a tough game against Rowan. Do you guys know? Yeah, Catholic, Rowan, Rowan, Rowan. yeah. Rome. I'm sorry, Roman. Rowan. But you know, Rowan as well. Yeah, Roman yeah. Catholic. Where um, uh, there's a bunch of good players came out of there. Actually, Marvin Harrison's like the most famous one. But um, tough game against them. I got benched after that game and missed the whole rest of my junior year. Um, and how how do you think that year, that that affected you going forward after that being benched? Um, you know, it's, uh, it was, it was tough, man, you know, and it was rightfully so. I mean, I got burnt a couple of times, <laughs> you know, we lost the game. There's different ways to handle it. They were really old school there and I respect that. Um, I was also young. There was a couple corners that I had beat out for the position that were seniors. I was a junior and I think they felt like, you know, as soon as I made a mistake, they were going to get those guys back in, Yeah, you know what I mean? Because rightfully so they deserved the time as well as seniors you know um and the dude did fine like you know the guy that went in to find a great a good season um but long term i mean it definitely teaches you adversity and you have to perform i mean i think more than anything in football uh you have to perform you know there's always someone else yeah. that's willing to uh willing to take your spot and working just as hard, if not harder, whatever, you know, so you have to work hard and you have to play. That, that's been the, the amazing thing that 
I'm I've been learning, you know, as 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 a as a football for lifelong football fan and now getting into Daryl's universe and and talking to guys like I mean, whether it's from Daryl or Tank Johnson or Aaron Beasley or Tajay Sharp on the Titans right now, yeah. it's like no shit goes there. I mean, you, <laughs> nah. there, it's like, yes. yeah. there, it's either you're doing it or you're not doing it. Like, the, and, yeah. and it's, and it's like, obviously you can't run the entire world that way, but there, it definitely, if you can hang in that kind of system, um, it yeah. absolutely benefits you on, on the outside. So um, I, I'm sure that, you know, it was tough, especially, you know, I can't imagine that the ego of a, you know, a, somebody in high school and getting benched yeah. and all that shit, especially <laughs> when you like transfer, you know? So, yeah, I was like the new kid that yeah. didn't help at all. Right. You know, I was like, yeah, the redheaded stepchild, you know what I mean? Like, no, <laughs> nobody really knew, knew me they, or They what knew I was you about. for the, a reason you didn't want to be known for. Well, I love his, yeah. I love Mike's yeah. attitude though about the whole situation because the one thing about the game, which is, Cool, and I know you were talking about the undeniable level of politics that was present prior to yeah. uh, transferring. The one thing I do love about the game is that there's wholesale honesty between the lines. Yep. So yeah, yeah. whether I miss a sack or I miss a tackle for loss or, you know, um, I just don't perform, you know, the game will kind of put you in your timeout. And then when you come back, especially if you bounce back the right way, then you, you have stones about yourself and you know exactly what to do. Yep. You know? Yeah. You know, it's, you can, it's just like anything else. You know, there's, 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 you know, football gets a lot of flack. There's definitely some negative aspects to it. But and just like in life, you know, you can either learn from getting benched mm-hmm. or you can, you know, you sulk and blame somebody else or, you know, would it make excuses for whatever it's going to be. And that's not going to get you back on the field. No. That's not going to get you where you want to be in life. So, um, well, it's also much easier. Definitely, yeah. Like you're saying, it's much easier to sulk and uh, be negative than it is to dig yourself out. And that's, I mean, that's yeah. one of the things we talk about, you know, what makes an every man is somebody who's able to, <coughs> to, to fight back on that adversity and pull themselves back out. Because like we were just discussing last week, you have, you know, everybody, whether you're, you know, LeBron James or or me, you have moments where you're down and it's just like, how do you get yourself out of that hole is like the yeah. key to how you, how well you're going to proceed through life. Um, so did you, did you know that you were going to have options playing in college at, at that point or did you, did you need to oh. go find, find a school and uh, try out and all that stuff? So the... Junior, the way it used to be, at least when I was playing, like junior year was was the most important year mm-hmm. in terms of getting recruited. If you were really good, exceptionally good, you know, your sophomore year, maybe if you were starting, you were just like way ahead of everyone. But junior year was really like the main year for getting recruited to go to school. Because once you were a senior, everybody had kind of already committed to where they're going and they're looking to, you know, the next class or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um so in terms of uh, my recruitment, I think that definitely hurt a lot um, in terms of, like, offers and things like that going to college. Um, I actually wasn't even the starter going into my senior year. Um, and I just kept working and beat out the kid that was ahead of me. He, he was younger. Um, 
I beat him out for the spot, and then I started for the whole season. I mean, I missed like uh, I don't know the first half or the first quarter of the first game, and played whole senior year from there. Um, and I had some decent, you know, decent offers from Division three schools. Um, the only real school that gave me even a little bit of notes was the University of Delaware division one school one double a i guess mm-hmm. um great program and that was really really wanted to go there um that probably would have been but, the time that flacco was there right he, around the same time yeah i think he may have been because uh, he was at Pitt. Year. yeah he was at Pitt with tyler palco and then he he trans- transferred yeah, yeah so i think yeah. that was like two that yeah it was like oh six 2005 2006 yeah so he's like a couple years younger i was, I was out of high school in uh oh four Okay, mm-hmm. so it was around the same time though. I mean, we would have, would have been on the team together if I had went there. Um, but I wasn't really getting a whole lot of looks, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, until one day I got a call uh, from this coach, and I don't know if you guys have ever had a coach that uh, left a lasting impression on you, whether it's <laughs> short or or long. Yeah, long term. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, a man named Marshall Roberts. And he was at East Roswell University at the time. And, uh, you know, he got on the phone with me. And he was really the first person that kind of saw something in me as a as a football player, as an athlete. And uh, super encouraging. He had me come up for a visit. And when we met, you know, it was like, if you're looking to get to the next level, you know, I'll do my best to get you there. And just saying the right things. But he's also a really genuine guy, you know. And, uh Good man. As we're leaving, he was saying, you know, I'm going down to visit Southern University. Uh, so if you don't hear from me, that's where I'll be at. But, you know, I'll be in touch and all that sort of stuff. Okay. So we end up committing to to Strasburg to go there. Um, and uh, I got a call from him, you know, a couple, couple months later. And uh, he basically told me he was going down to Liberty College. Oh, so man. he left Strasburg. Yeah. He was... He was uh, the recruiting coordinator for my area for the Philadelphia area mm-hmm. um, so that's why he was doing his due diligence in terms of continuing to recruit even though he was interviewing elsewhere and, and obviously left you know was potentially going to leave and he ended up leaving went down to Liberty and he offered me a uh, a, uh, a spot at Liberty you know to go down and play down there um but I was, as you know, I was committed to Stroud, and it was close, closer to home and stuff. I didn't really know a whole lot about Liberty. Do you guys know? About- it's in uh, that's outside of uh, Baltimore, right? Yeah, isn't it like a Christian university? In, um, it's yeah, it's yeah, it's really religious. It's down in, um, I believe it's, I want to say Virginia. Like, yeah, I'm not. Sure. I know it's in the anymore. DC yeah. area. I don't know whether it's in Maryland yeah. or Virginia, but um, but it's a great school and a good football program. Yeah, they have a lot of good He's athletics. I know they have a great, yeah. a great softball program. Um, I know they're, but you know, I wasn't really, uh, yeah, it just was a little bit, yeah, the, uh, nothing against religion or anything, but it was a little intense for me. Sure. Yeah. You know, daily, daily stuff they had to do and all that. But, uh, so I committed to Strasbourg. Um, and essentially when I got to Stroud, (laughs) um, you know, he was my coach, he was a position coach and he was my, the coach that recruited me. Um, when I got there, they didn't even know who I was. Basically. Oh, I was getting man. letters and stuff, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even have a uh, a helmet. Jeez. Yeah. So I got man. into the locker room. This is like day one. You know? Wow. Um, <laughs> so yeah, hey, uh, you recruited room. me. Where's my helmet? 
yeah you know and i'm not i'm not bagging anybody here like they're great people it was like <laughs> no, the greatest one of the greatest experiences of my life playing there you know i, I made you know they're brothers to me my teammates now you know yeah. the coaches there and stuff um but at the time i was like really yeah i make a mistake here I think it's gonna be a problem um but yeah, I get into the locker room and I was like number, uh, you know, the guys that got recruited, um, they had numbers already and stuff, you know, eight or whatever, yeah. you know, for your position, skill position, your number is going to be, I was like 106 or something. I didn't triple even digits. Have <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, I was in the uh, triple digits. <laughs> um, yeah, didn't even have a helmet. So I'm out there running around like with no helmet, 108, like whatever the hell my number was, you yeah. know, for the first day. It was, uh, it was pretty discouraging, to say the least. Sharing a um, cup with the kicker? <laughs> yeah. The lonesome kicker. Are you done with that, dude? <laughs> yeah. You get a handle on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, but uh, so, you know, not to get too in-depth there. Basically, what ended up happening, uh, this is another great thing about football, is, you know, if you work hard and, and you put the time in, it'll show on the field regardless, you know. Yeah. So, even though I was number 108 without a helmet, uh, they didn't recognize at least my athleticism initially, like right away. You know, within the first couple of days, I had gear and I had a proper number, mm-hmm. right. you know, and uh, I was still running. <laughs> I, was still, I was still running scout team. You know, I wasn't, yeah, they definitely weren't, weren't really interested in, the, in me that much at the time. You know what I mean? But I, you know, I had. At least I had a <laughs> you said you're yeah, on helmet. helmet. Yeah, get yeah. that man some pads now. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, within the first couple of weeks, it started to settle in. Um, and by the third, I believe it was the second or third game of the season, uh, I got a starting position, basically my freshman year. Um, so. Yeah. And you weren't yeah, a red shirt, right? You you were no, true no, freshman. No, I was a true freshman. Yeah, a true freshman. And uh, it was a good. We had a good team too. You know, it wasn't like uh, they were they were hurting or anything. You know. Yeah, so. I, I looked up the uh, the media guides and I was looking at the, the the team and I was you know doing some research and they you know they they were competitive and, and it was a they were a playoff team when you were there. Um, yeah, yeah. And was, I played with some of the you know I ran against Evan Prawl, who's all American wide receiver, got tried with the Jets. After he had graduated, uh, he and our quarterback Jimmy Twilliger, mm-hmm. uh, who's actually the head coach now at Strasburg, he won the Harlan Hill, which is D two Heisman, uh, Division two Heisman trophy. Nice. Right. Um, so I was playing corner, running against those two guys every day because I was on the scout team yeah. initially. Um, and uh, you know, Jimmy got a tryout with the Vikings, and, and probably went with the Jets for a little bit and stuff. So I was playing against really top-notch guys yeah. you know yeah and it only made me better absolutely you know, in terms of uh my skill and and uh you know not getting beat post corners <laughs> every day it's like my <laughs> it's like my guy mike tomlin always says iron iron uh, sharpens iron you know and like you're not going to get any better uh and it's the same thing yeah. with music um you know you're not going to get to to the top of your area of your instrument if you're just playing smoke on the water every day you know you yeah. got at a certain point you got to start you know, uh, and a shout out to Deep Purple, but uh, at a certain point, you've got to you've got to increase <laughs> yeah. the difficulty. You know, on the field, off the field, you know, wh- whatever it is. I got to ask the question real quick, Brother Jay. Yeah, man. So, uh, so Mike, like for 
for those times where you had a little bit of a, a little bit of adversity where you were like kind of a little bit down or just kind of like when you come in, you don't have a helmet. You're like yeah, number one oh eight, you know. I was a, I was a lot down, dude. <laughs> so so like during those down times, I know like for me, yeah. <clears throat> uh, I was recruited by uh, Northwestern really heavily coming out, and yeah, nice. uh, Gary Barnett was the head coach there, coming out in well ninety nine two thousand. Yeah, he ended up leaving the day of signing to Colorado, and so we had an entire blue chip class like scrambling to go somewhere because he said yeah. he was going to be there and then he fucking left <laughs> yeah it's, it's and, and so, like i understand that they're time too like they can't say you know? yeah they're yeah. definitely they can't he's not gonna so like i had like he's leaving. yeah i had like two days to get get uh to know an entire new coaching staff and gary barnett from the the university not gary barnett but um greg madison was the defensive line coach for notre dame and he said, I told you he was going to leave. We still got a scholarship <laughs> for you. But I really wasn't feeling Notre Dame because, again, the not that I was not religious. You know, I was Baptist, yeah, but it was Catholicism. But I was kind of like, man, I don't know. Um, yeah. But that lasting impression thing you, you you were talking about, that kind of stuck with me because Gary, you know, because uh, Coach Madison was like, look, you can go anywhere else and be good, but you can come here and be great. And then you'll be a Notre Dame man. And it's just something about how he said it. You can be yeah. a Notre Dame man. And I was like, you know, I like the sound of that, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. But when I got there, I got my ass kicked. No lie. Like, yeah, I was Notre getting. Dame's, yeah. Dude. I was a huge Notre Dame fan growing up. That was the school lot. That was like the dream school for me. Yeah. It's like go to Notre Dame and play was, at Notre Dame and all that. Yeah. I was getting buried, concussions. Yeah. I remember Kurt Vollers and. I was an inside <laughs> linebacker, so like when I got yeah. there, we had like a few defensive linemen that left to go to the league, and so they were like short short change. They're like, "Listen, you're growing, so we're gonna put your hand on the ground." I had never done it. Do so they mean like, when they say growing? Yeah. Do they mean you were getting larger physically, well, or like like your skill set, like taller? You know what I mean? So like, it's yeah. a scary thought. Like inside linebacker, I was <laughs> this like guy getting bigger. <laughs> well, I grew I grew a half inch every year I was at ND. So like, yeah, so it was like I was still you know rolling, but. You know, just yeah. long story short, I was getting my ass kicked. And so, like, when I got to Notre Dame and I was talking to my dad, like, every day, like, pop, like, I don't know, like, I'm getting fucked over. <laughs> like, they're, like, wrecking me every day. And yeah. he's like, listen, son, like, you, you, you just got to pick yourself up and just keep working. And for me, during those down times where I was getting thrashed and not feeling like really being there, yeah. like, my thing was, was writing. My thing was poetry. And so, like, I would just go into my own little zone. And that's kind of how I, you know, managed the down times, not playing, getting wrecked, having to, you know, worry about athletics and academics, kind of not struggling with both. But my passion was football and I wasn't succeeding. So it was kind of depressing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So writing helped me. And I was just wondering, was music there to be cathartic for you like during the down times? Yeah, I mean, there's uh, well, the, the one thing I want to say too is like, man, dads are you always oh, go to dad, right? Man, my gosh. My dad, yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a junior. You know, so like, I'm I'm a junior man. too. Yeah, I'm a junior yeah, too. Yeah. Got a couple of juniors <laughs> over there. Yeah. Jr. Dots. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nah, but yeah, I was always you know, my dad was uh, got to give a shout out to Mike Senior. Yeah. You know? He was always there. Pops, big yeah. milk. Yeah. Pops, my man. Yeah, but I'm uh, the same way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's important. It's really important. Um, 
Well, yeah. So the uh, in terms of music and all that, you know, um, <clears throat> it was all it, it was always sort of the background. You know, it was the background to every workout. It was the background to to in between classes, to in between meetings, to the bus trips. You know what I mean? And it was always there to, um, you know, a lot of the times I, I didn't mention this before. I didn't even listen to a lyric of music until I started trying to write songs like playing in bands and stuff which was later after college yeah you just focused like, on the music like, just the music yeah you know it was like the melodies and the music and what was what was happening um instrumentally it was like some other guy's gonna was. come in and deal with that i'm just gonna <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no i mean it, it wasn't even intentional it was yeah. just that that's what was and even still to this day you know like uh if a song is an amazing song because of the lyrics i respect it but it doesn't hit me like someone that can sing the tail off. You know what I mean? The right. singing, those words, the melody is there, the phrasing and all that. Um, but uh, it was it was always sort of uh, a supplement, I guess you could say. Like yeah. you were saying in terms of, you know, it was a catalyst to keeping me motivated or keeping me inspired and all that. Yeah. Um, I wasn't doing it. I was always playing, like playing guitar and learning different songs in between and all that. Um, but it wasn't really until after I stopped playing football that I really started to devote a ton of focus to it. Um, but yeah, going, uh, I guess you want to try to continue with, uh, well, this jazz stuff. Well, yeah. I, so, so <laughs> I what I, after you, be too wordy here, you know, no, 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 it's, no dude, yeah, it's, great, yeah. it's great, man. It's great. So <laughs> what I wanted to talk to you about then is, so you, you get, you, you've kind of overcome, uh, that transition from high school to college and uh, then from, you know, triple digit, no uh, helmet to, you know, recognized as an athlete. And then, then you're starting um, at, at, at any point, when did you start thinking like, how far can I take this? Like, did it, like were mean, you, was that, con- was that something yeah. that was on your mind? Yeah, that was always the, the, the goal, at least uh, by the time I was old enough to understand life, I guess a little bit, you know, and, and sort of set long-term goals, it's probably like you know, junior, senior, high school. I wanted to, at the very least, play at the college level, you know. And then once I got into college, um, started playing, earned a starting spot. It was only D two, you know, but it was still good, good, good enough to play at the next level if you worked hard enough and all that, you know. Um, I knew that I at least wanted to try to have a, have a career, whether it be, you know, just making a team in the NFL, being on a team, being a, a practice squad guy or a special teams guy, or, or uh, if that meant playing arena. Arena was big at that time, you know, coming up. Um, there's been some Canadian, time. Yeah. There's yeah, been some time in the yeah, year. Absolutely, man. Um, and then the Canadian Football League, too. You know, I just wanted to keep playing if, if I could. Yeah. Great Cup champ over here. <laughs> dude, dude yeah. yeah. dude. Yeah, that's legit, though. You know, that's real. Most people don't come even close to that, man. So, yeah. No, it's, um, it's amazing when you when you uh, yeah. really think about how many people uh, get into football and how few people get to a point where they can call themselves yeah. champion of, I mean, of any, Anything, any league. Man. Like any league. High school, college, yeah. I don't care. Like, yeah. yeah. Or even just to play in college, man. To yeah. play it at Notre Dame, dude, that's like, you're already in the, the .005% of, of football athletes in, in America, in the world, whatever, you know. Um, 
But yeah, so I, I had some success my freshman year, feeling good, you know, played. Uh, I was a nickel corner, essentially. Was, so nice. I played some safety and I played in, in uh, passing situations. But we blitzed a ton. Yeah. Uh, so I actually played a good bit. I mean, I probably played. There were some games where I played 55 snaps yeah. at nickel, you know. So it was like, depending on uh, what the situation was, it was, you know, I was playing a good bit. Well, I know you got um, your hands on the ball a few times, too, and you had a couple returns. Yeah, it was like the, you know, we played a ton of bump and run. Mm-hmm. So it was more like if they weren't thrown at you, you were doing a good job. <laughs> you know what <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean? <laughs> the guys, that, so I didn't have a ton of picks, um, but I had a couple. You know, made some plays and all that. My uh, going into uh, so my my freshman and sophomore year, sophomore season was our best season. That's when we made it to you know we're second in the nation for a little while, made it to semifinals and all that. Nice. Um, and then uh, going into my junior year, my position coach left. We had a new coach come in, mm-hmm. um, and. I uh, won't go into too much detail, but uh, we didn't really get along all that well. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you, you know, it is what it is. Uh, looking back, um, he was just uh, really pushing me, and he had his own his own thing about him. You right. know, he played in the league and, and coached in uh, NFL Europe. And I think he coached in Canada a little bit too. Um, definitely did did some shit. You know, yeah. um, but, uh, you know, looking back on it too, I was feeling good about myself, started as a true freshman, true sophomore. People were talking, you know, talking about, you know, the different all conference, all that bullshit, you know, that people talk about. It was all just talk. But, you know, I it was getting in my head. I was feeling good about it. You yeah. know, like I was going to be a full time starter now at corner going into my and uh he kind of kicked me down you know in terms of like really was hard on me riding me constantly you know um like in a militaristic way you know you see that shit from boot camp and it was like you know it was it was actually a good thing looking back on it now but uh man it was hard dealing with it at the time because you feel like um at least given my past you uh you know, being dabbing the transfer and then being benched and then showing up to camp with no number. No yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally, yeah. I felt like I was finally starting to make some, some of that daylight. And then, yeah. Right. yeah. And then he started throwing people in front of me and riding me, you know, and uh, always threatening to bench me, you know, all that sort of stuff. So yeah. it's hard to deal with mentally, you know what I mean? And it's like, that's a huge part of playing football also, in my opinion. Like people really only see the physical side of it. Yeah, but, dude. Well, it's also uh, it's, it's also a huge part about being a, you know, especially doing what what we were doing together, which is 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 being like a hired gun in, in music, doing somebody else's thing. Is that, you know, yeah. like there's there's a certain expectation, and you you're either doing it or like I said before, or you're not. And um, yeah, you know that can be, it's it's emotionally taxing to put yourself in a position where you're like. I'm about to do something where I'm just going to get shit on and beat up for yeah. 
<laughs> however long it takes. And I'm just going to keep absorbing all this criticism and negativity. Yeah, just keep going. For yeah. whatever reason, you know, like, and that's yeah. like, I mean, that whether you're doing it for football or, or music, you know, that's just, that's like, it's the every man's journey. Um, yeah, man. So when when did you decide that that yeah, you, it was I no going. no you're good. I'm not dodging good. this question. There's just thought. Uh, when when did you what ended up having is like, I got injured basically. Right. It's like my my sophomore year I broke half my hand or my junior year I broke half my half um, your hand. Yeah. So the fourth and fifth uh, metacarpal. Oh. Um, yeah. It was like the second or third game of the season. Mm. Right. And it turned out that that season actually was. Uh, strike season the yeah. school like the teachers went on strike so we actually had less games um the reason i say that is like do you uh if you're familiar with the medical redshirt rules yeah, you know what those? yeah, it's, yeah. it's a percentage of your season right that you can't exceed i think it's like 30 percent it's, it's validated as a year if that's happening so yeah it's like, so you get a year yeah you get a year back so <laughs> basically what ended up happening is um you know, they wanted me to play with it all fucked up. And being a musician, I was, you know, talking to the doc. And the doc's like, if you want to play music at all 10 years down the line, guitar, piano, whatever it's going to be, you got to get the fixed, you know. So against a lot of scrutiny <laughs> and criticism, yeah, coaches, play, everybody kind of looking at you like, yo, we need you to play, you know. I, uh, I got the surgery. And I have a plate and six screws in my hand now. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically what ended up happening is uh, we were in playoff contention. I got the surgery and I was out for, just, uh, I guess it was about five weeks, something like that. And the, we were in playoff contention and we were playing our rivals, Westchester University. Uh, this is my hometown and stuff. That was a school that told me I wasn't good enough to play there. Mm. So I have this like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what that is. Yeah, it's forever and vendetta. They don't even, yeah. Listen, I still remember the name. I still remember the name of the talent show judge uh, from the Bucks County Courier Times that told me that my band was not good enough when I was in ninth grade. So I'm respectfully not letting your name out there, sir. (laughs) But don't you think I haven't forgotten? And you know what? I I saw that the Courier Times uh, is going through some trouble and had to sell their building. And I I wasn't sorry. So you know who you are. Hey, man, you got to let that go, dude. You got to put that one down, but Nah, but like some of my teammates from Shanahan played for Westchester U. You know what I mean? So yeah. there was just all kinds of bullshit. Oh, yeah. But uh, so that we had to beat them to make the playoffs my junior year. So I came out, I, I burned my medical red shirt essentially to play in that game. I had like a playing cast on my hand where I put a glove over top and just played with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that was that game I got my first serious concussion. I was like mm-hmm. knocked out cold. And that was the end of my junior season. So I played in like two games my junior year and lost because of the medical. Um, so I have one year left, essentially. To answer your question, I'm still trying to play professionally or whatever, you right. know. Um, and, uh, you know, I worked all through uh, the summer. The, our coach actually went and coached in Germany, the European League, for spring ball. So I coached primarily the the secondary going into my senior year we had like a you know a student student coach or whatever as well but i had the guys come over we would watch film and do all that stuff and Sweet. practices and everything. 
Um, and then going into my senior year, I earned the captain position going into our first game. And I played in the first three games of the season, then uh, halfway through the third game, I got uh, another concussion, another really serious concussion. Damn. And that was uh, that was the end of my career. <laughs> last last play of my uh, football career, I knocked down a pass. So I got that to hang my hat on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's good that you, I mean, you know, I, I know from experience, I mean, my, my football playing uh, days did not go anywhere to the length of your guys. Um, but at the time it sucks. And, but you know, now I think about what I'm doing now with, with my life and I wonder how good I would be at doing it if I had racked up any more injuries for something that ultimately I never would have been able to get to the point where Daryl did or where you did. And, uh, it, it just, it, it makes you kind of think that, you know, you're in that, we talk about all the time, the cosmic canoe, you know, you, you, you one door yes. opens and you're you're pushing yourself towards towards one exit, and then you you're you're off in the wind, yeah. and uh, you just yeah. got to keep keep moving with it. Um, so luckily, you know, similarly with with you and I, with my history, we both had music to kind of not fall back on, but kind of turn our lives to. Um, so when did you decide that you were going to move to New York and uh, give that a run? Yeah, so um, you know. After all that I had done, I was obviously down for a little while. You, know, you devote a lot of your life to trying to do something, and it ends really abruptly. Mm. Um, so I still was there for a little while. I had to finish up school. and While I was there, um, I had finished up my major in four years, but I had to take one class that uh, would finish up my minor degree. I was a sport management major and business management minor. But they were only offering the class in the fall, so I had to stay an extra semester in school. Um, so I actually loaded up my schedule with music classes, um, just like to kind of transition from having all this focus on sports and athleticism, and then having that kind of pulled out from underneath you. You know, I had to focus that energy somewhere else. So I was starting to push it into music, and that's where I met uh, a professor by the name of Dr. Robert Miller. He was a piano instructor, composer at uh, East Strasburg. He was actually the the pianist for the New York Philharmonic for a little while. Wow. Did the you know, he did like the conservatory thing. There's a famous pianist, Van Clyburn, he, he turned pages for him, which means like you ever see the person in the Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, they turn the turn the Yeah, it's, it's almost stuff, like, a, like you're almost like they're understudying yeah. in a sense. Right, correct, yeah. Um so he's definitely you know, it was uh way more accomplished than than me or I'll probably ever be on the piano you know so he's a good person he kind of turned into my mentor um on the piano so I was still playing guitar but this was more piano based now and started composing music and taking all those years of bus rides of listening to you know Hans Zimmer and all these different movie score composers and, and just you know Beethoven and Chopin and all that stuff all those bus rides, listening to that stuff, taking it and starting to put it into my own music, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, essentially what I did is started taking lessons with him. And then one day I was like, you know, I have uh, I have some compositions I've been working on. Would you be willing to listen to them? And it was, it was really formal, like conservatory dude. So I see he was kind of against it to start, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's like, yeah, whatever, buddy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh-oh. Your little bullshit rock and roll. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Devil, devil's music. Uh, but I played one for him, and and he was into it. So from that point forward, we kind of ditched the classical. It was classical music, essentially like film score style stuff, compositions. Uh, but we uh, we ditched that, and I would just bring in compositions, and he would essentially work through the composition with me um, from a technique perspective and flow perspective. All these things like what you would teach someone trying to learn a Chopin or a Beethoven piece, but it was just teaching me through my own pieces, which was sweet, really man. cool. Yeah. yeah, it was really cool. That's sweet. Was, yeah. Um, and it got to the point where I actually performed these compositions at Strasbourg for the recitals and all that sort of stuff. So that was pretty cool. Nice. Um, and that was really important and encouraging, I think, for me to realize, hey, man, like, that you actually could potentially do this as a profession you know if you you know they always say like the only way you fail in music is if you don't quit right <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can hang in there long enough <laughs> yeah um, i can i can uh attest to that that's for, yeah dude fucking yeah. sure you know being a musician <laughs> it's, a, it's just like I who's gonna it. hang in long enough that's that's exactly yeah. what it is yeah um but yeah so that was really the turning point to answer your question in terms of wanting to play music professionally um I got a call from some guys in in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. You guys are familiar with that? Of course, That's absolutely. Right. Allentown stuff. Yeah. Um, he was a friend of a teammate of mine on uh, the football team. He was a singer, and he gave me a call and he said, "Hey, my buddy plays football with you. You know, I heard that you play guitar. Would you want to be in our band?" So I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." He said, I went down and auditioned, and it was the first time in my life I think I actually like went into something and it went well immediately <laughs> you know it was like uh you know i got the gig you know i went yeah. in and did well and got the gig and it wasn't like you know it, it not that it's supposed to be easy but i think all the hardship with football and going through all that sort of stuff is man I, I still haven't faced anything as challenging as that in my life you know um it's a that's a benefit done some yeah, we've done some stuff too. You know, even like yeah. those long road trips that you're not, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's not even close, man. Yeah. I can remember like dealing with all that stuff with my coach, you know, in junior year, like getting sick on my way to practice. I was so fucking stressed. Anxiety, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's real, bro. Yeah, like, what kind of pull, goofy bullshit is he going to put me through today? <laughs> no, that's just, yeah, that's just more, real, more bro. It was just like, it was more just like I was placing so much emphasis in wanting to be a professional football player it felt like my world was collapsing like this dude yeah. was going to pull that away from me you know and, you, and like, you never want to feel like you know, one, if i didn't play one person if you don't play you power. can't yeah i mean <laughs> yeah. you gotta you gotta play a little bit yeah. to at least gotta get a play. look you know go to the pro days and stuff um so yeah it's like pulling over at red lights to fucking hurl you know it was awful <laughs> 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 i mean i'm pretty I seem like a chill guy, but I'm actually pretty wound up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just calm on the surface. Yeah, sorry, not trying to get sidetracked here. No, not at all. I think all that stuff, all that stuff, sort of, uh, yeah, sort of led to me being able to deal with the stresses and the pressure of playing music in front of people, you know, traveling, playing in front of strangers, or play in front of people that are not digging your stuff, you know, <laughs> that's always yeah. the hardest shit. 
Well, you know, I, you know and I want to I want to say a, a couple things here about my experience of playing with you is that, you know, Daryl, when I when I got asked to do this to to join in on this group for a little bit, um, it I didn't really know what it was. I, I knew I, I had a relationship with with the person whose whose band and music it is, and uh, I didn't really know what to expect. But you know, being like out in the suburbs. For me, it was always a, like a dream of mine to play music professionally in New York City. Like for musicians, and I don't know if it's the same with you, Mike. I know we've talked about it a little bit, but there's always something in my head that, like, well, you know, you know, you got to go play in New York or play with a band out of New York or something. Like, if you really wanted to see if you could hang, you know, and like uh, put your yeah. like test your shit, you know. Right. And um, the 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 band that we had there, um, I mean, it's some of the most talented people I've ever been around. And, um, I was, you know, that was my first, I had experience as a professional, but in doing my own thing. So where I was setting the tone, you know, as a leader of the business and also the band and the creative. And when you, when you're that way, and then you come into somebody else's thing, it's, it's not an easy transition. And Mike helped me, with that transition because I felt, and I think Mike could tell right off the bat that I felt like I was out of my element. And I was like, it's not that I, it wasn't a concern about my playing ability, but I felt like my certain style or brand was not going to work. And we, we had a couple rehearsals and again, it's different when you're, you know, in New York, you don't just have fucking space laying around to practice so like so like right when you want to practice like it's a like somebody's got to spend money on it you know and it's like you you go we we were practicing shout out smash studios over there it's in manhattan's really cool spot and there's some some of the world's best musicians come through there and you know it's like bang 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 like you're on a you're on a schedule you got to get this done you know four hour rehearsals or whatever so we only had a couple weeks of rehearsals and then we're, we're, you know, the the van pulls up, we're loading the gear in, and uh, Mike and I were the only gentlemen on the trip. Um, and uh, so, so right away we're, we're kind of bonding and I'm in the, we're, you know, I'm all the way in the back, we're in the back of the van, just, just talking shit kind of. And um, the, the first, the first gig we had on that trip, I did not have a good show and I'm not used to not performing well. Right. So like I'm. I'm like, I pride myself on always performing well and I did not. And this was like one of the first times I can remember eating shit on stage, you know, and it it maybe wasn't as bad as, as I'm describing it, but I was unhappy and I knew that the band leader was unhappy with it. And we were actually staying, um, at the band leader's, uh, her parents home was, was however far away from, from the, the venue. And I remember, I'll never forget. Me, and we're we're in this like kids' bedroom. <laughs> we're in this like sorry, dude. Not, not kids' bedroom with like these like the, we're, we're in two beds, two beds, beds, yeah, obviously. two separate beds. It was like a, way too small. For, if we stood them together, it still wouldn't have uh, dude. They were like they were like five foot by four foot. Like they were they were ridiculous, and it was like you know his feet are hanging off. The yeah. yeah, it was, it, you know, so we're like in this like kids, kids bedroom and, and we're like, it's like three thirty in the morning and I'm like, I'm like beating myself up, you know? And I'm like, man, I, I, that was, I was like, Mike, was that fucking garbage? Was that, 
Was that garbage? <laughs> or garbage? A- am I wrong? And you, and you looked at me as I'm sitting in this child's bed. <laughs> and I'm in a said, toddler's you're bed like, right well, now. <laughs> and like, just as cool as he's been here, he's like, well, I wouldn't say it's like garbage, but <laughs> you know, like you weren't the conf- your confidence wasn't there. And you just told me, dude, like, and so, you know, just to paraphrase it, but I can't thank you enough for this is you told me, you know, like, man, I'm going to, fo- I'll follow you up there. Just do your thing. Just, but just pick your direction and, and, and go with it and I'll follow you and we'll make it work. And it's Daryl tells this story all the time about playing with the fucking Chicago bears and Brian Urlacher telling them the same thing. And it, and it, it straightened his ass out Bro. and dude, like you, <laughs> There's and, nothing and you did like that it. and you did that for me, you know? And like, you didn't have to do that. Like you're a professional in your own right. And you could have just let me suffer and, you know, languish oh, all night man. in that child's bed. No, but I'm just, I'm just saying, man, like, so like, you know, as a, I got to see you as a, on that trip. And why we bonded so much is like, I can see you as a, as a teammate. I've seen you as a, as a leader and, and, and somebody like myself that prides myself on being a leader and a motivator at that moment, I needed that light and you, you shine that. And then the next night we had, a, we had an awesome gig and, uh, you know, and it was like you said, you know, I just picked my lane and I, I went with it and it was, and it went really well. Um, and that's, yeah, that's an important, I mean, I appreciate that you, that, uh, I could help you, you know, man, it was meaningful to you. you yeah. Know, I was absolutely more just trying to make sure you didn't break that kid's bed. No, no, I'm serious. In all seriousness, uh, in all seriousness though, you know, I find that at least with music, um, if you're confident with what you're doing, people will respect it. Even if you don't necessarily, let's say you don't know the material inside and out. Right. If you're still driving the, you're driving the ship, especially as a drummer, you yep. know, um, you know, it all, it, it'll work still. Absolutely. And then, I mean, I wasn't a band leader. So yeah, makes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we were both in the same boat. Yeah. Sideman with you. Yep. Exactly. As a band, you know, it's it, important, was, it was much better, man. Yeah. yeah that the, was the most important thing is just playing together, working together. Absolutely. You know? And if we're all on the same pages. That's what matters. And I, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I, I haven't, um, encountered a whole lot of uh, musicians in our in our circle that we run with um, that are of an athletic background or a team sport background, and I find that the ones where I do find them, like we work so much better together because yeah. we like we've had that shared adversity. It's almost like I know what you've been through somewhere else, and that's like the the brotherhood of football that Daryl talks about is like yeah. he can meet up with a guy who played you know one quarter of one game you know and like he they know there's one piece that they have in common that they can yeah, dude. that they can share yeah yeah no it's a real thing it's, and i mean i didn't i didn't even go close to the level that you went to but you know like um when you're watching film and you're sitting there everybody's you know everybody's at the same level you could be the best player in the league best player in the team or whatever and you're getting reamed out watching the <laughs> yeah, tape, dude. you know? Yeah. It's like there you your ego is gone. Like oh, there man. is no ego. No. If you got an ego, they'll expose it on the tape, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like the only way you win games and succeed together, even if you lose, but you're playing together, is is everybody is doing their job, you know. And it's like it's kind of hard to explain if you've never played football, but it's like 
if one person slips up at yeah, any dude. part of the defense, it's a touchdown. Yeah. You know, um, well, that's if you're what... not communicating, like if, if the safety's not communicating with me, I'm not communicating with the outside backer, or a strong safety, or whatever it is. You know, and they're not communicating down down the line. Um, my uh, then you're not gonna. It's it's gonna suck. <laughs> <laughs> my D line coach in uh, my D line coach in um, Canada. His name's Mike Sinclair. He used to say this all the time. It's like football is so hard, even if you do everything right. Like even if you yeah. do everything yeah. right, you're still not guaranteed to win. So yeah. everyone has to be on the same page. Everybody has to have have that synergy, like you were talking about, Mike, and yeah. and 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 play together, play in unison. And execute because, like you say, if one person slips up, that's a down play, and that down yeah. play could be the the win or loss of a game. So it's yeah. important, it like season. every time. You know, what I mean? yeah, it could be your season. It could be all that money invested and playing at the pro level. You know, it's and, like it's a lot of pressure there, and the confidence right. too. Like you guys having that. <laughs> yeah. That talk on the on the toddler bed, and <laughs> you know, I wish they were car beds. That would have been a dude, much they were better. Car beds would be crazy. They were the size of car beds. <laughs> but but confidence, you know, what, what Mike imparted on you is the same thing. It's crazy, you know. Uh, Belak saying what he said to me, and I'm just I like drew a total blank. And my first game, and like literally like seconds before the the ball snap, he goes, "Dude, don't worry, man. Just do your thing. I'll make you right." You know what I'm saying? And yeah, yeah. once that happened, that's like, a good teammate, man. Dude, I slipped right into like, yeah. dude, that's fucking Brian or like, you told me just do it. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah. okay, I'm cool. You know, you yeah. you tell him, you know, I consider my brother Jay. You know what I mean? Justin, yeah. that you know, just as long as you play with confidence, I'll follow you. I'll I'll be there for you. And I think there's something to be said about people who, when we talk about this every man journey, right? People who are willing to be champions for other for, for other yes. people, man. There, there's something to be said about it because if Brian Urlacher says, and we talk about this cosmic canoe, if he doesn't give me that confidence, I don't know how long, and you, you can attest to this too, Mike, I don't know how yeah. long after that if I kept going in that direction, I tank or I stay on the team yeah. or I, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, But somebody yeah. like that coming in and saying, hey, listen, I'll make you right. Don't worry about you doing you. Just be yeah. you. You saying to Brother Jay, hey, you know what? I'll follow you. I'll be, I'll be up there with you. I got your back. You know what I'm saying? Just play with confidence. Just be yourself. And that just, that type of energy, man. Like if we could just, if everybody could do it, dude, it'd be awesome. It's a, you got to put the ego aside, you know? Well, it's it's, it's like, especially playing football. You can tell the guys that are out there playing for themselves. Oh yeah. Never (laughs) works. The team, the team stinks, you know? And, And that's part of being, you know, what, that, that that every man journey is 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 sometimes leading and sometimes following and sometimes like like Daryl just said being a champion to to your teammate you know and uh, these are all things whether you're in a in a gym working out for yourself or you're you know on on the football field or on getting ready to go back out on the stage after a uh, fifteen minute intermission at the Hard Rock Cafe <laughs> backstage. Yeah, after the, uh... Yeah, Darryl, we played this. We played this uh, this Hard Rock Cafe, and uh, it was a sick gig. And the, it was in Myrtle Beach, and the built like the backstage area. So we'd we'd like play a set, and then it'd be like, okay, back to dinner. And then we'd like we'd we'd cycle off, and we'd wait for like a half hour. 
and the the, the backstage of the of the the restaurant shared a wall with this like dueling piano bar. So like we'd walk out and go back and they'd be like, you know, like just like and, like we were always walking into like the moment of the song when it was like at its big like at its peak and there's just like twelve hundred screaming like drunk girls yeah. next door, you know, yelling up yelling up for Billy yeah. Joel. And uh it's like every it, it, there's just every musician if you play and you do a little bit of touring or anything. It's like Spinal Tap, dude. It is. You have Spinal Tap moments everywhere you go. You know, that's why that movie is so funny. Dude. Yeah. It's just like, you can't even, that's why I just let, like, you know, you'll see musicians or whatever that they're, you know, they're into themselves to say the least, whatever, you know, and I just yeah. kind of keep my distance because it's like, dude, you're going to be humbled eventually. <laughs> yeah, like, whether it's, whether it's now yeah. or it's, or it's, it's yeah. You, yeah. It's whether coming it's for you. Your gear yeah. doesn't work or the PA <laughs> shuts off or someone throws something at you. Or, you know right. what I mean? It's just like, there's always, there's always something, you know, there's always somebody better than you and there's always somebody worse. Than you. I mean, it's like yeah. the biggest thing to remember yeah. when you're doing all this stuff, right? But, it's, and it, and it, <laughs> again, like I said, right before we got on is like, you know, the, the you only put yourself in these situations if you love what you're doing. Uh, you know, whether yeah. it's football, getting getting your ass, you know, chewed out by by some guy you don't necessarily see eye to eye with, or uh, you know, playing a gig in a weird weird part of town that uh, you know you didn't think was, you didn't know what to expect. So it's it's yeah. it's all part of that adversity, but you know, it makes you stronger in whatever it is that you do. And yeah. uh, so, so how are you uh, keeping keeping active right now in music? What are you up to now? Yeah, man, um, I feel kind of bad. I didn't really answer the whole New York City question. I kept I wasn't diving. Yeah, it's it. all right. We'll we'll have you back it. on. We'll, we we can dive deep into New York <laughs> yeah. any other time, man. Yeah, yeah. There's all there's a bunch of shit there too. Part two. Yeah. Um. So I was in I was in Ben uh, Mother for a long time, and. uh Love those dudes, great guys, but it just got to the point where uh, it was one of the harder things I've had to do, too, in my life. But um, I think maybe just the, the creative vision and what was going, the direction and all that no longer aligned with what I was feeling, you know. And uh, it's it's music is a tough thing, especially playing football growing up that way because you're so used to, like, such a regimented yeah. sort of pecking order if that makes sense or uh, there's a hierarchy there's different levels that you get to you do well in high school then you play in college you move up this depth chart and, you know mm -hmm. and if you do this then you get to here and all that um music is just void of that to an extent um it's kind of it's so subjective in terms of what people are going to like and and what you like and if what you're creating is going to help you to have a career doing it or not you know um, well, to quote the great late so, Dusty Rhodes, I find in music you can be dining with queens on one night and eating franks and beans the next. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean that sounds about right, man. That's yeah. what I mean. Like some, yeah, some of the best musicians I've ever met are the kindest people I've ever met because they've just, they've seen they've seen it and they've done it, you know. Yep. And they've been through the ups and downs and all that, but but yeah, not to go too in depth. I I recently left that band, Mother. Um, and we're all on great terms and stuff. You know, I'm getting married in September, and those guys hey, are coming to the wedding. So, yeah, congratulations. Man. That's, uh, <laughs> That's great, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, they're all coming to the wedding and all that sort of stuff. You know, we've been through a lot of stuff together, too. 
riding around in a van for 20 hours. Yep. You know. Yeah, you get tight. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but really where my, you know, my heart and soul are at now, I'm transitioning into a different style of music. You know, I really have always loved, like even when I mentioned in the beginning with the piano, like the blues stuff, blues and soul and all that. Um, I just did a lot of soul searching this last year, you know, and my favorite musicians, you know, Jimi Hendrix, guys like that, more modern guys, dude, Simo, and, uh, you know, they're, they are band leaders and, and singers and guitarists all in one, you know, so basically where I'm at now is, uh, transition from basically being a sideman to being a band leader I'm nice. trying to you know I'm putting a band together and I haven't really told too many people but uh, I've been learning to sing and get my chops hey, up there, there so go. yeah no yeah, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. you want to yeah. do something you want to do something terrifying them velvety pipes <laughs> get them pipes out there Mike get them pipes yeah, out there learned, baby try learning to sing <laughs> Jesus you know I'm like I'm a pretty introverted guy that's been the biggest challenge I think is uh kind of getting past sounding bad you know, <laughs> being, being loud and sounding bad and just working through it you know because you got to figure that shit out but uh that's that's really where i'm at now i mean i'm still playing with uh militia and uh i have a band with doc coil you know doc from of course doc he's doing uh um, he's, yeah he's crushing it dude. they're killing it right now yeah he's, he's a good dude doc really good dude but uh <laughs> You go ahead. No, sorry, sorry. I'll yeah. just want to make sure I ask this question. Like, how'd you get into yeah. the personal training thing? Like, uh, oh yeah, man. Yeah, how, well, that, like, I mean, you know, I mean, like, that's awesome. Got, I'll try and touch. Yeah, I'll touch on. I'm gonna try and do this really quick. Sorry, <laughs> I, I said I'm introverted and here. I'm blabbing. You know, sometimes with podcasts, it, I'm like, it's the man, cosmic canoe, man. We to him and I'm like, dude, shut up. Man. <laughs> shut that dude up now. Yeah, I know, right. Um, basically, so my, my degree thing in school was uh, sport management. And at Strasburg, half the curriculum at the time was exercise science-based. Um, I'm the type of person as well, like when I'm doing something, I was like playing football. I'm sure you get this, man. A huge part of it is the physical side of things and, and workouts and, and eating right. And, you know, I, I was obsessed with being the fastest in my position and yeah. the strongest in my position and you know, jump the highest and all that sort of stuff, you know? Um, you know, I ran track as well at Stroudsburg. So that was like, there's a whole side of that. It's mm -hmm. like slightly, slightly different from football training, you know, in terms of speed work and all that. So I spent a big part of my life in gyms and, and working on, you know, on myself, essentially doing things wrong too. You know, that's oh. a big, part. <laughs> yeah. that's a big part of, being able to teach other people is understanding where where things are wrong and right. how to avoid injury and all that. Right. Um, so when I finished school, I did my internship at this place called Fast, F-A-S-S-T. My mentor was this dude. Yeah, in, in Allentown, yeah. My and... mentor was this dude, Jay Brader, yeah, Jason Brader, yeah. my uh, mentor. I don't know if you guys know. You know him? Well, so you here's the thing. So <laughs> <laughs> all right, hang on a second. Before I... I've said the cosmic. So, Dude. Mike, you gotta understand something, Mike. Okay. Yeah. I've I coined this theory, the cosmic canoe, which is that what Daryl and I are, and it starts with with extractist music getting to NFL films, which you know you knew all about that stuff, and then yeah. it turned into this whole universe here. 
every time Daryl and I are in this boat that's somehow balanced out with his weight and mine. And, and every time, <laughs> every time we put, yeah, every time we put our paddle into the water, dude, and we and we ex- we extend ourselves in one direction or the other, we find somebody like yourself that has like this peripheral connection to what we're doing, and yeah. and one of our first, uh, you know, our first guest um, from from the NFL world world was Aaron Beasley, uh, for, okay. former cornerback who you know he went yeah. to Valley Forge Military Academy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Play for the Jags, West Virginia, and that's that's Fuck, where he, kill it, dude. dude that's where he, that's that's where he works. Yeah, he, he's, yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, with Jay. Yeah, man. He does like the DB clinics. He actually has a coat. Yeah. He has a camp this weekend. Yeah. for for that, like, and yeah. it's just it's it's incredible. It's yeah. incredible that that yeah, you so, so, you trained that fast. <laughs> Did you work with AB? That um, no 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 no. I, th- I think he was still playing. Oh yeah, I guess that would yeah, yeah. yeah. yep yeah. Um, I trained Dan Persa. He was at Northwestern. I don't know if you remember Dan. Yeah. Danny, quarterback. Yep. Um, Justin Gaiman, the Olympic hurdler. He used to come through. Jay mainly trained him, the, the okay. owner of the company, Jay Brader. But he used to come through, work together here and there. Um, but that's what I did my so, – so Jay Brader trained me throughout football at Stroud. And then when I finished playing football, then I went and worked for him. I did my internship there. Gotcha. Um, worked for him for a summer, and then uh, you know we're still we're still tight. We're still friends and stuff. He actually just passed his company off to uh, I forget the guy's name. They still have it there in the Lehigh Valley, yeah. but he got a assistant strength and conditioning coach at uh, Louisiana Tech for football. Oh, wow. So Jay Sweet. just moved down there. Yeah. Sweet. Um. But yeah, that's why I did a lot of training. I mean, I learned a lot of mindset from him as well. You know, the training, the because there's so much that's done. I think we were talking about it a little bit, Jay. Before we started this is like with social media and people documenting mm-hmm. all aspects of their life now. So with training, especially football, is so much done behind the scenes that no one knows about. Yeah, you know, like they're not getting up early. I'm sure you did a ton of the workouts. You know, it's like. Now everybody documents everything. Right. There's like no mystery. Right. You know, you're seeing everything they're doing all the time. Um, I don't know if it's good or bad, but yeah. Um, there's a lot of mindset lessons learned, and obviously like technique lessons learned that I still apply, like from Jay that I apply to personal training. Yeah. City and all that. So um, how, how many uh, pe- clients do you work with on a regular basis? Uh, let's see. I mean, I've been here for about 10 years. When I first moved here, so essentially, like, going back to what you were saying when you were asking me, uh, or when you were talking about you wanted to go to New York to, you know, do be part of the best. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, that's why I moved to New York as well as a musician. I moved up here because it was, like, within close proximity to Philly. And in my mind, it's sort of the best, you know, the best of the best were. So when I moved here, I needed a job. You know, I didn't even have a job. I moved here with nothing, basically. And um, I was, like, walking around Times Square in a suit with my fucking resumes, like, handing them out to, like, <laughs> Red Lobster. Shit, that's how you shit, do it, dude. every man way. I mean, yeah. the every man way. <laughs> my, dad, my dad was like, you know, I'll get you. If you really want to go, I'll get you there. Because I had no money, you know. Yeah. And he, he fronted the money and co-signed for me to get up there. It's crazy expensive. But he's like, I'll get you there. But six months in, you got to have a job. I'm not. You know, you're done, you're coming back. Right. So I was like grinding, trying to get a job. And I got a call from this girl who was a bartender, actually, at the bar we used to go to in Strasburg. 
randomly. Man, I was like sick as a dog, feeling sorry for myself, like no job. <laughs> and I just get this call one day. She's like, would you want to be a personal trainer at this gym I work at in the city? Nice, like, dude. no joke, random. Yeah, it's just... So obviously I was like, yeah, hell yeah. I went up for, went up for, you know, an interview, met the dudes there. The the gym's no longer there, but it was edge time, Upper East Side. And, uh, the two gentlemen that ran the, one was a Olympic powerlifter and the other was a pro bodybuilder. So I got all the sports side of things growing up playing football and doing all the stuff with Jay Brader fast. And then I got the, uh, bodybuilding and, uh, powerlifting new york city personal training ways you know from there so that's how i got my start at personal training and the number of clients i got now i don't even i worked for a personal training company for a little while trained all sorts of folks you know millionaires all that sort of stuff and and they uh kind of moved away from that lifestyle i moved away from from that company and now i just have like my own business. Nice. It's referred to as independent training here in yeah. in New York. And uh, I don't even know, man. I mean, I'll probably do a, a typical day is like I'll wake up around 6 a.m., 5.30, 6 a.m., train until about 10 a.m., and I have a break in the middle of the day when folks are at work, and I'll go back out 4.30 till uh, 9, 10 at night. So. Yeah. That's not every day, but that's like the average day during the week. Gotcha. Um, so and- it leaves me a big, big block in the middle of the day to, to practice music sweet that's where you skill this yeah <laughs> sweet. and you've worked with some uh you've worked with some football players too right so former nfl guys um when i was at fast we had guys that were that were training for the combine and all that sort of stuff yeah. um i didn't work with anybody that was like super big time uh with guys that were preparing for the nfl combine trying to you know getting ready to go I'm trying to remember some of the names to be honest well, Mike, the uh, the closest the closest thing that I have to the NFL is uh, my teammates from Stroud, and uh, them getting shots and plans. Well, you're you're a uh, you're a true everyman, like I said before. You're one of the one of the realest dudes that I know that I've been able to come across in, in the entertainment industry, and you know as well as I do that that can be hard to come by uh, to find a genuine people uh, in that industry. Um, and you're certainly one of them, and I think you you dropped a lot of really awesome uh, awesome little things to think about for people that are that are you know whether you're you're thinking about a career in uh, music or professional sports or you're thinking about moving to New York uh, or just going out and getting after something. I mean, you you're a guy that wasn't guaranteed anything anywhere at any time, and uh, and you've and you've found a way to make make your will. Uh, kind of happen in the world and that's uh, I got nothing but love and respect for you my brother and uh, I appreciate it man thanks so much for having yeah, me on yeah, man. L- listening to uh, my rambling nah, dude, no, this, man, was great. Dope. this was great <laughs> straight dope um, man. so so in closing is there um, where can people uh, keep up with you if they want to if they want to see what's going on and check out some of your shred yeah man I mean the best uh, the best way is probably Instagram just do at Mike Gowan Jr uh, G-O-W-E-N there. there we go. And uh, that'd be it. There we go. Thank you. Mike Gowan, thank you, my brother. I appreciate it. Peace man. out, thank Mike. You. We'll catch you down the lane. Yeah. <laughs>